Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30 minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 197, Security News. An ex-Yahoo employee has pleaded guilty to using his employee access to go through people's accounts looking for naked pictures. This included looking into the accounts of personal friends and coworkers. And once he was in, he would also look at their Dropbox, Facebook, and other email accounts as well. And the worst part of the story is once they left Yahoo, they actually went to Okta. And of course, when they found out, they fired him immediately. A darknet hosting provider physically located in an underground former NATO bunker in Germany called Cyberbunker has been raided and shut down. They were evidently trafficking in all sorts of garbage from like child exploitation images to weapons and who knows what else. To me, any marketing that talks about how many gun turrets or missile silos your location has is just setting itself up to become some combination of like Streisand effect and Murphy's Law. Like you never want to brag about how secure you are. I think that's rule number one. Rule number two is probably run away from people who brag about how secure they are. The U.S. and the U.K. are pushing Facebook to abandon end-to-end encryption. The whole conversation seems crazy to me. It reminds me of Bugs Bunny saying, do anything you want, but don't throw me down that dark hole, right? Which is where he actually wanted to go. End-to-end encryption would actually significantly remove the ability and responsibility of a platform to do filtering of content. It opens Facebook up to unknowingly air quote, unknowingly, becoming the next A-chan. And if someone complains that, oh, there's a bunch of garbage on your platform, say, sorry, you know, we don't really look into that. We, we don't really police that. But if you do give yourself a view into the content, then the government can come and ask for a view over your shoulder. So what do you do? Do you enable an encrypted A-chan or do you open the door to hacker government backdoors? It's not an easy choice, and I think too few people are thinking about the trade-offs of each option. The DHS says a lack of cybersecurity talent is a national security threat. Those are strong words, but probably true. I've long said that we're not going to start taking security seriously until people start dying, and we might be getting close to that. We are getting close to that with this new development of hospitals having to turn away patients due to being infected with ransomware. A few hospitals in Alabama recently had to close all but the most critical patients. Basically, they were turning away everyone unless it was like a super emergency because they were debilitated by malware. It's actually happening all over the world, not just in hospitals, but local governments. It's happening in the UK with hospitals. It's kind of happening everywhere, and there's a massive like outbreak of ransomware in local governments just everywhere. So at what point is this really going to start interfering with the ability to do business? And if you're a hospital, I mean, that, that obviously affects health and therefore people's lives. 
So there's going to be some sort of tipping point where it's like, you know what, now we're going to take this seriously. And hopefully, hopefully that comes soon. Andrew Yang thinks our data should be considered personal property and be protected accordingly. That's a fantastic idea. Really hope he goes far. If not this time, then maybe next time. A new tool called Eyeballer is an ML-powered screenshot analysis tool designed to help security testers find high-value targets at scale during assessments. So it works by using machine learning to label images found during discovery with labels like login pages, old-looking sites, custom 404s, etc. This is exactly how I've been describing AI being used by both attackers and defenders over the last few years. If you think we're about to be pair hacking with Skynet, right? You're probably working in marketing or sales or something. But if you think ML has no practical application in security, I think you're similarly afflicted, but just in the opposite direction. The role of ML will be to bring humans curated targets for additional scrutiny. And if you've ever had to attack or defend something massive, you know how valuable that time savings can actually be. Advisories, Exim, again, if, if, if you got Exim, maybe, I don't know, consider getting to another MTA. That's ridiculous. It's been weeks and weeks of multiple RCs. And a bunch of medical IoT devices, tons of flaws found in those. Got the link here in the show notes, which is the newsletter. And breaches, words with friends, Zynga, 218 million accounts. Technology news. Up until now, the big startup IPO payouts that we've seen in the U.S. have been impossible in Europe due to various tax laws, and that's finally about to change. So that's going to make doing startups in Europe a lot more lucrative. A company called Hereafter has created a chatbot that lets you simulate talking to a dead relative. I think uh, Black Mirror did an episode on this that predictably didn't end well. Got a list here of Y Combinator's top companies, including the ones that exited the most from their portfolio. Kitty Hawk has unveiled their new electric plane-ish looking thing. Like It's not a plane, it's not a helicopter, it's, it's plane-like. It's called Project Heaviside, which I think is a bad name. But it looks like an airplane. I think it works sort of like an airplane. Obviously, it wouldn't be shaped like that if it didn't. But the Propellers are actually parallel with the ground, so it works like a helicopter as well. And it's extremely quiet. It's um, electric-powered as opposed to uh, engines, so it sounds really interesting. I think it's pretty far away from being launched uh, at a consumer level, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Disney has banned Netflix ads as part of the increasingly energetic streaming wars. And HP is laying off around 9,000 people. This is what the new CEO is coming in and doing. It's like their first motion. Just walk in the door and fire 9,000 people. Human news. A paralyzed man was able to walk across a lab in an exoskeleton controlled by his brain. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, it's It's on video and everything. This person was actually, you know, uh, normally abled uh, prior to falling off a building, I think like 35 meters or something like that. 
or 15 meters. Can't remember, but, but they fell and like hurt their spine. So they were paralyzed. And now, uh, with this, they were able to walk. Basically it was a, a couple of things put right on the brain. And then the sensors went out to the robotic exoskeleton. And, uh, when, when he thought walk, he walked. It's insane. Japanese researchers have created artificial blood that can be transfused into any patient, regardless of blood type. Young adults are now more likely to live with parents than with spouses. Seems really bad to me. I, I can't pinpoint why. It just sounds sad. It sounds unhealthy is what it sounds. Doesn't mean it is, just sounds that way. This is an octopus changing colors while dreaming. It's a link here. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll be eating any more octopus. This is basically a dog running in its sleep and I, I don't eat dogs or octopi. A large study has shown that active and physically fit people have more healthy white matter in their brains than similar people who are out of shape. They looked at the distances people could walk in two minutes and then the thinking and memory skills correlated strongly with the distances that they were able to walk. So there's lots of studies showing similar results in older people, but it appears to be age universal. Basically, the health of the body is tied to the health of the brain. China and Taiwan are engaged in combat via Wikipedia edits over the identity of Taiwan. And Picard, the new Star Trek series, will premiere January 23rd of 2020. Looks really good. Got some Riker in there. Got some Deanna Troy in there. Got some Data, although that was a dream because he's dead. Hopefully that wasn't a spoiler. Happened a long time ago. Should have caught up. And ideas, trends, and analysis. Finding the knobs within stochastic determinism. This is my new essay on how and why the classes are pulling away from each other and what we can do about it. And Wells Fargo released a report talking about how awesome bank automation and innovation was going to be in coming years, with the industry spending $150 billion to bring in, quotes, a golden age of banking efficiency. This is what people don't get about the automation conversation. I'm actually going to do a full, full standalone essay on this, but job elimination isn't happening on accident, right? It's not like, oh, we're getting automation, so people might lose their jobs. No. Companies are actively, right now, spending hundreds of billions, probably trillions actually, in research and development to automate many parts of their businesses, right? And this is across multiple industries. This is, you know, transportation, food, services, banking, obviously, that's what the article's about, like tons of other areas. And a big part of the goal is to eliminate human workers in those areas. This report talks about 200,000 jobs being lost just in banking due to these innovations, which keep in mind, they're bragging about. They're bragging about the innovations, right? And that, that's a direct translation to lost jobs. When the planet is spending that much money to make something happen, which will will result in massively increased profits for those companies because people are expensive healthcare and, you know, all the drama associated with it, it's almost guaranteed to happen. So sure, you could talk about like the new jobs that might also be spawned by this change, you know, there, and there definitely will be new jobs that come from 
automation and all, all this innovation. But it's ridiculous at this point to pretend that there won't be massive losses. The question is really, how many jobs do we lose and how many do we gain? And my bet is firmly on a very large net loss. Next idea here, maybe we need a PBS for social media. Talked with Jeremiah Grossman about this a while back. It was his idea. He's like, oh, maybe, and, and he's like a libertarian. So maybe we actually need a public forum where people can have social commentary, where you don't have some uh, corporate entity saying what can and cannot be said. And as a libertarian, that's why he was interested in this. And this is actually a New York Times piece talking about the same thing. But uh, yeah, interesting idea. A company called HireVue is using AIML to evaluate the video and sound of candidates answering interview questions in order to determine who should be hired. They're training the data based on people who have already been hired and who are doing well in their jobs. A lot of people are actually upset about this because they say the tech will be biased towards the type of people that they've already hired. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the point. They're trying to bias it towards people who they've already hired and are doing well. And as I've written about before, this isn't an AI problem of bias. It can be. There are tech problems with AI that, that, could, that could generate bias. This is ultimately a human problem, though, right? But if you end up hiring a whole bunch of like young Asian programmers over the course of a year without AI, that could be the result of bias, or it could be the result of lots of young Asian people in your area being really good at programming. And if like an AI or ML system were to follow the same patterns, it could also be for the right or the wrong reasons, right? The hope with a system like this is that it will capture the je ne sais quoi of being a good programmer, not secondary characteristics of certain groups of people, which would be like noise. Like, are they popular? Are they good looking or whatever? To the extent that it does that, it actually captures the real je ne sais quoi of like being a good programmer, um, that, that would be good. And to the extent that it captures noise, like whatever, it's, it, it's bad, right? But it's far too early and too case dependent to discard the whole project, I think, at this point. The real trick in this project is having the right metrics for whether the training data employees were actually doing well in their primary role of programming versus being the most popular or the most social or, you know, rated to be doing really well. I think that right there is the easiest source of bias in a project like this. But again, that's not an ML problem. That's, that's the human people providing the data to the ML. Next idea here, are we living in a post-happiness world? It's a pretty good New York Times piece here. And uh, people are finally starting to question the ultimate role of a corporation, i.e. the notion that its only purpose is to make money for its shareholders. With income inequality rising, fewer long-term problems being addressed at the national level, and mid- and lower-tier workers getting very little stability, predictability, or respect, we're starting to realize that there's nobody actually advocating for employees or for personal families. It's not part of the business model anymore to take care of people who work. Right? We've been lucky in the past that corporations had incentives that were aligned with family objectives and with the objectives of the country overall. 
But I think those three things are diverging. Updates. Super getting into meditation right now. Uh, Not like professionally or anything, but just in a major way. Uh, Really enjoying meditation. So I'm doing a health challenge at work uh, that involves meditation. And I'm using a couple of different apps. One I'm using is Waking Up by Sam Harris. I'm using that because he he has the absolute best meditation teaching and like the meditation sessions by far. And I've heard like tons of the other ones and all these other apps like Calm and Headspace and 10%. But um, yeah, Sam on Waking Up is just way better. Like he's talking about the philosophy of why it works and it's just, I don't know, it's better. Plus, plus, I know Sam a little bit. I, I like him. I like his thinking. It, I don't know. Probably biased towards it, but it's um, definitely my favorite. So what I'm basically doing is one session a day in the waking up course and then logging some time in another app, uh, which I think is 10% as part of the health challenge. And I can't say for sure that meditation is a difference, but I really feel like I've been a lot more what I would call resistant to chaos. I've just felt more connected to my goals, more appreciative of life, and more excited about the future. I don't know. I, I, I'm excited by how hard meditation is and how tall this mountain is that I'm about to try to climb up. It's uh, insane how hard it is to not be able to clear your mind of thoughts for a few seconds without like these ideas just flying in there at, at a high rate of speed, you know, uninvited ideas just colliding with your brain. And you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not thinking of anything at all. I'm doing well. Look, I'm doing it. Oh crap. That's a thought in itself. And you're constantly thinking about the future. You're constantly thinking about the past. It's just fascinating how difficult it is. And I love the way Sam talks about this as opposed to the way other people are talking about it. So highly recommend the Waking Up app. And um, we're actually creating an unsupervised learning group within the Waking Up app, which uh, they just launched groups um, within Waking Up. And we're going to be doing some member sessions as part of uh, unsupervised learning uh, book club. So basically, we have the Slack channel already. We already have a book club, and now we're going to add a meditation group to that. Um, It's not set up yet, but it will be soon. Look forward to that. And I found the coolest app called Calorie that lets you just tell Siri to log a meal, which is something I've been looking for forever. So I set up a bunch of meals that I normally have and just say log burrito. And it updates it within my apps. And because it updates essentially, it also shows up in gyroscope as well. And speaking of that, I'm also completely geeking out right now on the life measurement stuff, quantified self, basically using gyroscope, been using it since like 2015. But now with the meditation stuff and calorie, um, I've actually lost like six pounds in the last couple of weeks, just because I'm not casually eating 4,000 or 6,000 calories in a day. And uh, yeah, the, this, the combination of calorie and gyroscope basically keeps me from doing that because I'm just aware of what I'm eating because I'm actually looking at it. And the visualizations of gyroscope are just super slick, uh, which helps me a lot because I love visualizations. And discovery. 
for this week, uh, Gyroscope, which I just talked about, Things Canary Tools, which is the canary system for enterprises. Basically, when you don't have good uh, detection and response, you drop these things around and get signal if someone's messing with them, which they shouldn't be. And the Aura Ring, which um, I use to track sleep within my uh, mobile phone and within Gyroscope. Uh, I got this thing called infosec-jobs.com is a jobs search engine for all sorts of security jobs and includes filters for the type of work you're looking for, like full-time internship, whatever. And I got an image here of two baby binary stars forming planetary disks very early in their lifespans. And it appears that apes may be capable of theory of mind, which is where one being can consider the contents of another being's mind. And almost half of white students at Harvard are either athletes or children of alumni or donors. Photography of musical notes based on the shape of the vibrations in water. This is a really cool image. And someone did a cool write-up on the AWS Security Specialist Certification after they just passed it. And they talked about all the different stuff that was in it and how hard it was and stuff like that. And got a tool here called Fenrir, which is a simple bash IOC scanner. And also included Eyeballer, which I talked about above. An ML tool for auto-labeling screenshots found during security assessments. Recommendations for the week. You want to get an eye mask to sleep in. They are wonderful. And you want to check out and help me improve my unsupervised learning book list, which is just a blog post with a bunch of nonfiction and fiction titles, and I'm looking to improve it all the time and just did a recent update to it. So it's probably got like 15 or 20 titles on it, which are my all-time favorite books, basically, in a bunch of different categories. And the aphorism for the week, be braver. You can't cross a chasm in two small jumps. Be braver. You can't cross a chasm in two small jumps. David Lloyd George. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure can malign the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here. And they also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmiesler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. I truly appreciate each of you. We'll see you next time.